Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women, do you see them? The women. They started out before sunup. They had not slept all night. Now, the Scriptures don't tell us that they hadn't slept, but they hadn't slept. In fact, I'm doubtful that they'd slept in the last two nights, Friday night or Saturday night. They saw their Lord crucified. They watched where he was placed in a borrowed tomb, and I'm doubtful that they had slept. Do you see them? They're not saying a whole lot. Just a little slight pitter-pat of their bare feet as they're walking up the path toward the garden tomb. Their eyes are swollen. Very little conversation is passing back and forth. Their hands are filled with the spices that they would need to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus. They've been crying. They have no idea what they are about to experience. Do you see them? Do you see them walking up in the early morning haze of that Sunday morning? Do you see them? Do you? Do you hear their silence? Do you know what these women needed more than anything else in the world? Do you know what they were so desperate to experience? Do you know? You know. They were in need of resurrection. They get to the tomb, and there's no stone. Well, the stone is there, but it's rolled away. Might as well be no stone and no Jesus. Neither one of those was expected. They go into the tomb, no Jesus. They're trying to figure out what happened. Oh, my goodness. To add tragedy on top of tragedy... Not only has our Lord been crucified, but his body's been stolen by terrorists. Where is he? They look down, a linen cloth drapes the ground, the bottom of the tomb. And then suddenly, two men, two men with clothes that the gospel writers say gleamed like lightning. Two men. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. Well, we see that. He has risen. Yes, we... Wait, what did you say? He's risen? What are you talking about? Women. Women in need of resurrection. They left the tomb. Luke says they left the tomb, fled the tomb, fled the tomb. Mark says they fled the tomb and they said nothing to nobody. Yes, Mark used a double negative to describe what they did. They left the tomb. Luke says they fled the tomb and headed to the 11. The 11. Did you hear that? Up until this point, it's been the 12. But there aren't 12 anymore. There are only 11. One of them's gone. It's the 11. There's sadness in that new number. 
The women go to the eleven, the men, and they tell the men what they have experienced and what they have heard. And the men, like men, felt that it was nonsense. They, the men, the disciples, nonsense. You see these men, they're in an upper room. The door is locked. Katie barred the door. They've got it boarded up three or four different times. They are scared stiff. They have no idea what's about to happen. They are, there's so much silence in the room that every single sound is suspicious. Who's coming up here? What do they want? Are the Romans coming after us too? Who is that? What's that sound? Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Did you hear it? What? These men, they're scared, so confused, disappointed, and in disbelief. You know what these men need? Do you see them up there? There's not a smile in the room. Do you see that? Not a smile in the room. You know what they need? You know what they need. More than anything in this world, you know what they need. They need resurrection. But they thought the women were nonsense. But Peter, Luke says in verse 12, Peter, but Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Oh, Peter, foot-shaped mouth Peter. Peter, oh, got to see it for myself. Peter runs to the tomb, stone gone, Jesus gone. Strips of linen lying on the ground. And Peter's thinking, if these strips of linen could only speak. You see Peter in that tomb, sniffing the basement-like odor looking at those linen strips, wondering what in the world is going on. Do you see, Peter? You know what he needs more than anything else in this world? You know. Peter needs resurrection. Did you look in the mirror this morning? I know you did. You looked in the mirror right before you showered, and then you looked into it again right after you showered, and you said, thank God there's a difference didn't you? Did you look in the mirror? What did you see? When you looked into your eyes, eyeball to eyeball with yourself, what did you see? I know what you saw. You saw a person in need of resurrection. Oh, yeah. How's the family? Things better? Family doing better? Have things improved? You've been through a lot. Are things getting better? What do you see when you look around and see your family? Many of you brought your families here today. So good to see you all. Thank you for being here with your family. Some of you not only brought your family, but you're going to go home and eat with your family. It's going to be a great day. Resurrection Sunday and dinner with the family. But when you look around and you see your family, what do you see? When you see that wonderful wife of yours, guys, or that 
handsome husband of yours, ladies, or those kids that are growing up far faster than you ever wanted them to, and you're thinking about how many concrete blocks you could put on top of their head to stop this mess? What do you see when you see your family? Oh, I know what you see. You see a family in need of resurrection. Did you check out the local news this week? I know you hated to. It's getting to where I just hate to check out the local news. Really do. Did you check it out? What did you see? What did you see on that local news? I know what you saw. You saw a nation in need of a resurrection, didn't you? Did you read the the, uh, national papers, the headlines this week? Have you? Lots of stuff going on, you know. A lot of stuff going on. The banks are almost belly up in Cyprus. North Korea has declared war on us and everybody else. And, oh, boy, oil spills in Arkansas. And what did you see when you saw the headlines of the national paper, USA Today, Atlanta Journal, Wall Street? What did you see? I know what you saw. You know what you saw. You saw a world in desperate need for resurrection. I want you to look around. Now, be careful looking around. Don't fasten on any one person for very long. They'll think you're doing something. But look around. Look around and see what you see, who you see. By the way, too many of you are looking up here at me. I want you to be looking around. Be looking around. You're thinking about that person next to you on either side, the person right in front of you, and, and you don't want to turn around, but you can't quite remember who it was who's sitting right behind you, and now you're wondering what they're doing because they're looking at the back of your head. When you look around, what do you see? Do you know? You know. You know. Choir, you know. You know what you see? You see a church in need of resurrection. Does Palmetto Baptist Church need a resurrection? Oh, yeah. You're looking at a church in need of resurrection. Now you can look up here. When you look up here, you know what you see? I'll tell you what you see, because I know it. You see a pastor in need of resurrection. In fact, there's only been one other time in my life when I needed resurrection more than I need it right now. That's true. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do you have doubts to rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is, it is, it's me. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat here? 
They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. It's Easter Sunday. It's the greatest day in the history of the universe. And on this day, Easter reminds us that we need a resurrection. You do. Your family does. Our church does. We all need a resurrection. But Easter also reminds us of the God who makes resurrection possible because he's the God who invented it. But let me tell you what else Easter reminds us of. It reminds us that resurrection is not very far away. Those women, ah, they were still living in not-so-good Friday. Some of you are living in not-so-good Friday. It's Sunday, but you're still living in not-so-good Friday. These women, they were living in not-so-good Friday. There wasn't a smile on their faces as they made it to the tomb that morning. But they were within that distance of resurrection. Some of you, I look out across this congregation, and I looked out across the first congregation, I saw so many people who were living in the not-so-good Friday. And you need a resurrection. And it's this close. Easter reminds us that the God who invented resurrection, made resurrection not only possible but probable, has put resurrection within just a hair of where you are. (sighs) Easter Sunday is such good news. Resurrection is close, and that's a good thing. Because we need resurrection. We're going to pray. While I lead us in prayer, our praise band will come and get ready to lead us in worship. When I get through praying, before we have the invitation, our ushers are going to come and receive our offering. Why are you doing it that way? Because I want you to have time to think about what you need to do. And so while we receive an offering, I want you to think about resurrection. Do you need it? Oh, yeah, you need it. How are you going to get it today? Some, somebody needs resurrection by way of receiving Christ as their Savior. Somebody else needs resurrection by coming for baptism. Somebody else needs resurrection by making a decision that I neither know nor need to know.
This is Resurrection Sunday. We'll pray. Receive our offering while you think. And then we'll stand for the invitation. The time when more than any other time in a service, God changes people's lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for the privilege of being in your house on Resurrection Sunday. We're especially thankful because we desperately need resurrection. Lord, I pray for our church. Our church needs resurrection. I pray for people who have never invited you to be their Savior. They need resurrection. I pray for people who have received you as Savior, but they've never been baptized as a sign of what you've done for them. They need resurrection. Lord, I I pray for people who have resurrection needs that I know nothing about. God, work in this time. Bless this offering. And as we offer our gifts, may we think. And Lord, when this offering is received and the ushers are gone, Lord, may you change lives. In Jesus' name, amen.